2019, everyone. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> link. New year, uh, new song. Boom. Pretty much same old us and same old wine, but new song. Yes. We're going back to Spin a Face, who provided our, our, our theme song last year. This year, the song is called Relentless Positivity, which I think should just be our motto. Especially going into 2019, I think Boom. the world needs a little bit more relentless positivity. So, cheers We're to that. We're here with a, new, with a new episode. I think it's number 63. Yes. I don't think we count our Christmas ones. No, those are special okay. episodes. Yep. After school specials. <laughs> We've had a request to do a um, child-friendly podcast, so we are going to consider That's that. not this podcast! <laughs> We're going to maybe consider that if I can convince you to go see Into the Spider-Verse with me. And the new Grinch movie. Ugh, not that one. The new Mary Poppins, maybe. True. You need to watch the old Mary Poppins first, I know. Though. I know nothing of Mary Poppins canon. I... Nothing. <laughs> I watched it with my mom over Christmas break and had some, like, weird sense memory flashbacks with some of the songs that were, like... Definitely on a, like an old Disney cassette tape that we used to listen to or something. It's a different movie than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. Same concept. Yes. Okay. Same kind of old, vaguely fuzzy... Magical realism. Uh, sure. Um, do we want to start with some news or are we going to start with our year in review? Um, or are we going to start by wishing everyone a Merry Christmas? Hopefully they, this is our post-Christmas podcast. It's true. Were you happy with all your gifts? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean... The snow pants industry has really brought me down. Yeah. But aside from that... Okay. Do you want to share any of your feelings? I'm just between sizes. What's a girl to do when she's between sizes and they don't make a size that fits her? Hmm. Besides get fatter, which I made a good effort on over <laughs> the Christmas break, so... Wow. There goes that relentless positivity. <laughs> Two and a half minutes I'm in. being positive. If I get fatter, I can find snow pants that fit me. <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook. Positive spin on this. Okay. Uh, Why don't we mix it up? Why don't we talk about our year in review books first? I got a lot of books for Christmas, but they were almost all nonfiction. I I was like there with you on Christmas morning, and I was like, who am I married to? Where did she go? I mean, one of them is Lin-Manuel Miranda's Good Morning, Good Night. Good morning. I really wish you would let me do slam poetry readings of his poems every day and every night. But then you'd ruin them. Yeah. I am trying to figure out some way to use them in my classroom. I kind of want to like see how many there are and put one on the board every morning and then one on the board every afternoon or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's like trying a little too hard. Might be. White girl teacher. I think maybe I should just read one every morning and one every night. Not to the students. No, just oh, for me. that's fine. Yeah. That's what H2O said she was doing and I mm-hmm. think I should try that too. Okay. Um, Friend of the show? Would we? Has, has, would we? Has, has heard of the show? <laughs> Acquaintance of the show. Acquaintance of the show. Briefly familiar with the show. Vaguely familiar. Okay. okay. So we're doing, mm. are we talking about stats? Or are we talking about like top Who is this books sponsored? Who is this sponsored by? Sponsored by Book Black Digits. Black Apron. Oh. Which you can follow us on Instagram. We've Which, done our countdown of the best books of 2018, according to Book Digits users. Or you can check it out on our Twitter, which is also D- at Book Digits. Yeah, that one. Yeah, right. You worked really hard on that. Heather gets all the I credit. Worked, I did. A, I spent a very long time post, like, uh, what do you call it? Agri- uh, right, uh, scheduling? Scheduling. Yeah. Scheduling tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think they came out pretty good. There was one that got a lot of attention. Shout out yep. to Sean and McGuire. Let's move him up. He's number one Her. now. Um, what? Move her up. Oh, sorry. Who was it? Sean and McGuire. Oh, cool. Got n- not a friend of the show. Heard of book digits. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with acquaintance of book digits. <laughs> um, we both reached Red Diamond. Yep. This year. Completely legitimately. Um, there might book have been digits, a little bit of cheating involved. You can, it's like a, it's gamified. You, you begin, can upvote people. You begin the year at bronze. There's nine levels, different challenges to Seven move from each one. Seven levels of the candy cane forest. Cross and the sea of swirly, swirly gumdrops. Red diamond is the ultimate, ultimate achievement. But also on book digits, you can track your reading goal. And I officially read 50 books out of my goal of 50 books. So mission accomplished. And I read 72 books out of my goal of 70 books. Hmm. So. And today your biggest debate was, do I read another book? But 73 is kind of like an ugly number. Someone need a hug. That's one of your Christmas presents. <laughs> a buddy, buddy the elf in a box. I'm going to bring it to school and when kids whine, I'm just going to pop it out at them. Okay. Um, I thought you might need a hug because you're being all salty about my bit. reading goal and my laissez fairness about just reading another book. I did finish. Okay, so you read so you read 22 more books than me. 22 mm-hmm. more titles because were they all books? There was a few graphic novels thrown in there. I'm not gonna lie about that. There's a few graphic novels. All right, you have you are you filtered down to 2018 yet? Uh, yeah. Okay, how many pages did you read? 24,913. Good God. <laughs> I read 17,000, almost 18,000 pages. Almost 25,000 for me. If I had read 87 more, I would have got to 25,000. Wow, you should have done that. I can't. Um, so what was your average page count then? 351. Mine was 354. Hmm. Interesting. Three we read similar books. length books. Or I just read a couple of giant books that skewed my statistic. Yeah, math. Um, reading speed so book digits tracks how quickly you read books as well but no one should feel bad about their numbers so i need to get buddy out again i need a hug i read a book every six days which is what i aim for i read a book a every book two days two, two days per book and now you might be saying that doesn't make any sense because you read 72 books over 365 days. Well, it's not every digits. two days. It's, it's two days per book. Correct. Book digits tracks when you start a book and when you finish it. So if you want to. No pressure. You can turn that feature off if you don't want you, to. Correct. Uh, average grade? B minus. Same. B minus. Oh, that means you gave a lot of low grades this year. I did. My I had mostly Bs and Cs. Uh-huh. No Fs, though. I'm trying to think hmm. if I did not finish a book. And besides from one that I accidentally got... And it was the wrong number in the series. I don't think I yeah. DNF'd any books. Um, okay. What was your score? 216. 261. Damn. Um, so just will also give you your breakdown of how many A's, B's, C's, D's, or, and or F's you gave. I gave no F's this Me year. Me neither. 0%. Nice. Ow. Uh, how many D's did you give? Two. 3%. I gave three. Go ahead. Let's click on the two and the three and let's see what they were. What was your worst book of the year, according to Book Digits? The Astonishing Color of After. This wine you is terrible. You hated that. Yeah, it's bad. It's penis grigio. <laughs> I really don't like it. 
Um, the Astonishing Color of After. Re that book just failed as a concept. Oh, what for me. a terrible just title. failed. It's a gorgeous cover and just failed as a concept entirely. Um, my other one was, my other lowest one is A Court of Frost and Starlight. Yeah, you Man, ripped into that, that one. that was bad fan fiction. What grades did you give them? Both D pluses. D pluses. So I gave a D to Made You Up, which we argued about on a podcast. That's an A of mine. Oh, God. I think. So we'll move past that. I also gave a D plus to the Tommy Orange book, They're There. We've discussed that many a time. I have like used your opinion on that a lot on the Bookstagram community. Your opinion. My opinion, yeah. And I gave a D plus to, really? to Jane Unlimited. I felt like it failed on almost all counts. I don't know where I put that one. But I got four votes on that, too. Um, Was some of those you cheated with your mom to get the... That sounds weird that you just said I cheated with my mom. With your mom's account. So, how many A's? I gave, I gave Jane Unlimited a C plus. Okay, how many A's did you give? Twelve. I gave six. What was your top book of the year? Uh, you can you can sort at the top instead of newest. You wrote a great high. I think you already know what it is. I only gave one A plus this year. You gave an A plus to Darius the Great. Darius the Great. Wow, you were really emotionally attached. I to was that. emotionally attached to that one. I read it on a plane and cried the whole time and couldn't stop reading it. I was, like, upset when we landed because I wasn't quite done yet. And I just have been telling everyone this is the best book of the year. If I hadn't read that one, I don't know what I would have picked as the best book of the year because the rest of mine are all, like, right minuses. Wait, did you not give any regular A's? The one regular A I gave was mm. to The Summer Palace, a captive print short story. Okay, it doesn't count. So Really? So I gave out two A's. So, like, I... Liked more books than you, sort of. Yeah, there was a lot of books that I was like, that eh, was a good book, but Darius the Great was really the only one yeah. that I randomly picked up in that store that time and like almost didn't buy it. True. And that was the only one that really the lucky got lizard me there. of Arizona. Yeah, leaping uh, lizard. Whatever. I gave an A to Illuminae, discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, <laughs> and an A to I'll Give You the Sun, which the acquaintance of the podcast gave me in hardcover, yes. which I now have. But no space to put any of... I also have Illuminate yeah. hardcover. I got my two books this year that I gave the there highest grades go. to. Two A's and you got them both. Yeah. Um, so then I gave A- minuses to Obsidio, The Hate You Give, Last Day on Earth by Eric Puchner, and uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Beautiful and Damned. I also gave an A- minus to Obsidio and The Hate You Give. Okay. I gave an A- minus to Spitting Silver, Unfit to Print, Children of Blood and Bone, The Prince and the Dressmaker, Young Jane mm -hmm. Young. Another captive print short story, Assassin's Heart, donated by a, someone who's heard of the show, and Bone Gap. Yep. Also, about a podcast. gift from someone who knows about the show. Okay. So cryptic. <laughs> um, so I gave out the most Bs. I gave out 43% of my grades were Bs. 44% of my grades were Bs. And 36 were Cs, which I'd like to bump that up. Yeah, we did okay. How many rereads did you do? 13. Thirteen. I did six. I reread uh, the whole Queen's Thief series, though. Oh, you poor thing. And I reread a lot for the podcast for your benefit. I reread Carry On. I reread. My benefit. I reread. I'll give you the sun. I oh reread Made You Up. Uh -huh. I reread all of those for the podcast. Uh, -huh. mm -hmm. uh So book digits will track your top authors. So I well should I talk about this now? I achieved one of my like bucket list things, which was to read all the books written by. A an author. F. Scott Fitzgerald. I read all five of his novels, Good even the you. unfinished one. Nice job. Um, what it what it what did it instill in me? 
it made me realize that you don't necessarily have to go and read an author's entire <laughs> bibliography. And specifically, I was thinking of it in relation to David Foster Wallace. Okay. Because I always kind of felt guilty that I had read Infinite Jest because everyone reads Infinite Jest. But I read one collection of his short stories and didn't particularly care for it. And one collection of his essays, which were good, but didn't make me jump to go read more. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people just have a masterpiece. And that's okay to stick with. Mm-hmm. Like... All of uh, the 1900s society was wrong about The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Scott Fitzgerald's life is so sad. Like, especially reading about uh, his final book, The Love of the Last Tycoon, which he had a heart attack in the middle of and died. And they still published it for a variety of reasons. And it stops in the middle, which is terrible. Um, I find that really disturbing. Yeah. And reading about his biography... Also, time out. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, just your current work in progress just being published as is right now. That's Ooh. fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because, like, if he wasn't even done writing it, I'm sure he didn't do a lot of editing. Can you imagine just, like, the random thing that you're working on that's, like, half-finished just being published? It's embarrassing editing? because the oh. editor writes, like, the forward to it and stuff, and he's like, oh, yeah, Scott was terrible about timing his plots and stuff, so you'll see a mistake here and here. And Fitzgerald makes this awful mistake where he writes the book in first person for the first three chapters, even though the character he's using as the narrator does not have any visibility into the actual main characters of the book. I think he was realizing that The Great Gatsby was his best work and that the first person did add something special to it because The Great Gatsby is his only completed novel in the first person. And personally, I know you argue with this a little bit, personally, I think that's why that one emerged as his masterpiece. I haven't read his others, so I can't mm. comment on it. I yeah. didn't think that... Uh, I thought there were some issues with the way he did in The Great Gatsby. But how, like, uh, adding insult to literal death mm. to go on and point out all of the things he fucked up. Yeah. I, I disagree with that publishing tactic yeah. wholeheartedly. And, um, yeah, reading about his biography at that point, at that point in time. So he became obsessed with Hollywood and moved out to California to sort of become a screenwriter. Um, and he got like kind of odd jobs within the movie business. Um, but the worst, yeah, the worst part about the edition I read was it had his kind of query letter to his normal publisher. Yeah. And he was like, please give me $3,000 ahead of time. I'll give you like five chapters as soon as I can, but I like need that. I need that cash to get me out of a couple jams. And the guy wrote back, uh, Scott had given him like the first chapter that he had in mind. And the guy wrote back and was like, not really loving it. So I'll read more if you have it, but you're not getting $3,000. This is also depressing. Why are you telling me this on, on New Year's Eve? Yeah. I don't want to know that. So yeah. You're ruining The Great Gatsby for me. You had fixed it for me and yeah. now you've ruined it for me again. Good. We're back at level ground. Well, I felt that way about an author this year that we'll talk about as the book shortly. Right. About an author who just because you love one of their works doesn't mean that you need to read all of their other ones because you might hate all their other ones. Yeah. Baseball hitters, you know, 300 is a really good average. I guess. Um, so my top authors were C.S. Bacat, because I read all her short stories this year to, sure. to read them. And uh, Fence. Uh, yep. Comic. Kendari Blake, who, that's a very recent one. I just blew through her Three Dark Crowns mm-hmm. series, which was just kind of okay, but, like, 
just the right level of like addicting young adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. Patrick Rothfuss, because I read both of his Name of the Wind and A Wise Man's Fear. Which I didn't realize they were both this calendar year, but it was like January 2nd that I finished the other one. I think I must have been reading it over Christmas. Those are in the same series or not? Yeah. But I have... Don't remember you reading either of those. I have one with the Australian cover because I bought it because I liked it. And then Mm -hmm. I bought the the sequel because I wanted to read it at a thrift shop and it's in a different cover. And I'm going to have to rectify that someday. Um, Adib Karam, who wrote uh, Darius the Great is Not Okay. Yeah. And Angie Thomas, who wrote The Hate You Give. Those were my five top authors. So my only other multiple book author would be the combination of... Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, because I read all three last year. Did you see they're coming out with a new this book? This year, yeah. A uh, new series, Aurora yeah. Aurora Rising? Yep. Oh, I can't say Aurora. Ooh, yeah. Um, what was your best reading month? Best and worst reading month? Well, I was going to do tags next. You have oh, tags sorry. Yours? Yeah. Let's see how many we have matched. Nobody, my top one is family. No. My top well, one's family, too. Everything has some family in it. Yeah. My next one's friendship, which is another really common Friendship one. is not on mine. I have love, which is pretty I common. I have first love, specifically, because all the young adult stuff that I that's read. That's how you tag it. I have teen relationships. That's thanks to you. Mm-hmm. And coming of age. I didn't feel like I read I that many coming, coming of age, age books. I have family, fantasy world, coming of age, first love, and grief. Grief? Books, I guess. Honey. Okay, so yes, Book Digits will also break down everything by month. We need to talk about April again. I'm pretty sure it's the only month in the last, like, five years that I have not finished a book. Zero um, books read, zero pages read. April was the one that the, uh, I've read one fairly short romance. Mm-hmm. I read a, a short story. And then uh, Jane Unlimited. I finished huh. April 3rd. April. Uh, my more troubling month was... Um, well, my least month was March. I only read two. Okay. But February, uh, Book to Just is saying that I read zero because they were all rereads. I didn't read any new books in February. Mm, yeah. That should come up. Mm-mm. That might be a bug. Look, if I click on it, books read. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but it, the stats on the previous one, correct. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying when gotcha. I click on it from this page. So I was pretty pretty consistent. I read four to five books every month except for August. I read six. No, that's see. This is very indicative of you and I's just personalities. Hmm. I read six, six, two, three, six, four, eleven, <laughs> eight, eight, six, five, seven. Okay, click on the eleven and tell us there might be rereads in there too. Um, nope, all new books. Huh. A Court of Frost and Starlight, About a Boy, Emergency Contact, Stormrise, The Cruel Prince, A Darker Shade of Magic, uh, two short stories, The Royal We, and Obsidia. Okay. Uh, Obsidio, I read most. Obsidio and Royal. This is why Obsidio and the Royal We. I read mostly in June, but didn't finish them till the very beginning of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else happened? What else happened? In I July? joined in Bookstagram. Oh, you did. Yep. And that's why, if you look at look at the most months, it were just kicks up July, at that August, point. September, because I was kind of in a little bit of a reading slump earlier okay. in the year. And then I joined Bookstagram and read over 3,000 pages I was going to say, July. so pages. So my best page month was actually June, even though I only read four books. I'm wondering what four books mm-hmm. they were. Obsidio, which is a lot long. of pages. Anger is a Gift was pretty long. Yeah. And Gemini yeah. long. So that's why. You read a, gra- a graphic novel too, so throw yourself I... under the bus. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, you can get, this was basically a long advertisement for Book Digits, but you can get all that info, plus 
a collage of all your books. We should tweet out ours, really. Yeah. Later on. Um, what are you going to set your new reading goal as? 50. Well, I should really do 52, but 50 is nice. Once a year. I do 52. That's one a week. I like that. 50. 52. Okay. I'll think about that's it. That's how much you read this year, didn't you? I've read 50. I get 50 for 50. What a just, just not even overachiever, just a medium achiever you are. Thanks, honey. Um, I think I'm going to do 75. Mm-hmm. Because if I had pushed through with a couple, nove- couple of novellas that I have uh, in the wings, I could have gotten to 75 this year. This is a bite to it. This wine is rough. Was this a our purchase or a gift? Uh, It was purchased for a party as a backup wine. Mm, I'm drinking a backup wine. That's how we want our next year to go. <laughs> <laughs> backup wines only. I don't think these glasses were clean either, to be perfectly honest. Cool. Um, winning at life right now. Um, Alright, so we're going to interlude with some news and stuff? Yeah, we'll do news and we're going to do a couple quick couple books. quick, yeah. Can I tell my Barnes Noble story? Because that's pretty much my best news of the year. I mean, like, people are going to judge you for it. Hmm. I told you, you're like a little bit of like the villain in a kid's book. So... Some context. I should start the Barnes Can you give story. some context? Yeah. So, as forementioned, I got pretty much all nonfiction for Christmas, which is fine. Yeah. Two of them were very high on my list that I wanted. Um, and the couple other ones look interesting and are short. Minus the free mm-hmm. one I got from church. It's short. Okay, this is supposed to be about me. Um, so, we got a Barnes Noble gift card. You have an aunt who gives us exactly what we want and nothing we don't want. Rock on. Second part's really important. So... We got a Barnes Noble gift card mm-hmm. as part of our gift. Uh, so we went to use that. We were each going to pick out a hardcover book that we wanted. Yep. And like a softcover one that was we not at the library. That yep. we're kind of like, we kind of want to read it, but we'd rather get it from the library, but it's not at the library. Yep. Because we had money to get Barnes Noble. So I order it. Two of them are in-store only. Yep. Kind of strange. Which is bullshit. Mine. If they're in-store only, they can be shipped somewhere. Mine was signed, but the signature is very odd. Yep. Yours was just real heavy, real chunky, mm-hmm. and I don't know why all of a sudden nobody had it. So but... we need to mention the book. So we're talking about The Overstory by Richard Powers, which has been the only book that I wanted to buy this calendar Literally year, all year. Because I fell in love with trees in 2018, and I was told that this book was about trees over several generations in different lives, and I was like, give me that shit. Um, it's also enormous. So the couple times you've tried to buy it, we've been on vacation and we've yep. been like, no, this weighs more than our whole suitcase. You're going to get it for Christmas. I guarantee it. So. Men's warehouse. Mm. <laughs> so we buy each other a book for Christmas. I had mm-hmm. chosen to get you Illuminae. Yep. Because we talked about that book a lot this year. And it's really cool. And because you were mad out. that I bought it for somebody else and not Super for you mad. for a yep. book swap. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get it for you. Um, so you didn't end up getting overstory and I didn't get any fiction books. So we were going to use this Barnes and Noble gift certificate. We picked these four things out. Yep. Two of them had to be shipped to store. Two of them were going to be shipped to home sometime. Yeah. Uh, well, I ordered it, put the order through, forgot about it. We had some visiting to do, went and checked all the emails I got. In the meantime of this, my phone got dropped in the toilet. So <laughs> I didn't have my phone. Um, that sounded very passive. I accidentally let my phone slip into a toilet, a clean toilet it. bowl. I yeah. pocket dropped it into a toilet bowl. Yeah. It was out of commission for a few so days. Booty. <laughs> it was out of commission for a few days. Didn't check my email. A lot of rice. A lot of rice went to waste. So much rice. Um, and 
lo and behold, like an email that's like, oh, part of your order couldn't be completed. You won't be charged for it. And it's just canceled. So the overstory, I go back on the Barnes & Noble website and it still says both available to ship now and, and available in at stock store. in our store. Yeah, it was canceled because it couldn't do either of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and we have like a, a sale price that we got it at. And I was like, what the fuck? Now we won't have the sale price. Yeah. So we went to Barnes & Noble to pick up my book that came in. Today. And this is okay. what so, went down. As we've mentioned before, our Barnes & Noble, our local Barnes & Noble is a little special. It has a used book annex. Mm -hmm. This is where which, the trouble begins. Which is like barely used books. A lot of them are. And most of them are like a dollar or 75 cents. Not most of them, but many You'll of them. find some good ones. Yeah. Um, so I start browsing the fiction area, like the fiction newcomers to the used book section. Yeah. And there's like this weird like puzzle or something like laying on top of them. And I was like, I can't read these covers. So I'm going to freaking shift this puzzle away. And That's I keep flipping through. Buy. Yeah. And uh, then I see this little thing of plastic and paper. And I'm like, oh, it's a gift card. And I'm like, oh, some, you know, it's just a gift card that they grabbed off the rack and it, someone dropped it here. But I noticed that there's a dollar value handwritten in the corner. And I'm like, shit, this is a legit $25 activated gift card that somebody dropped in this pile of books. And so I pick it up and I'm like, uh, wife, can I, is this mine now? And I, I, did I just win this? I say, I think you should turn that in because somebody probably left it there and is going to come back looking for it. Or is going to ask about it because it was like a Christmas gift from their grandma and now they can't buy the book. But then I raise. logically said, we got sort of gypped out of this book that we tried to order. And now I do not have that book. So I'm just going to go see if the if I can find the book in the store that I want. And then we'll deal with the whole moral dilemma later. Sure. So I go under POW for the last name Powers book's not there. I go to the help desk and I say, I'm looking for this book. Your website says it's in stock in the store. Where it at? The guy goes, oh, well, yeah, I looked it up and it, we have one in stock in the store and it says it's in fiction. So he brings me over to the exact place I just was mm -hmm. and is like, yeah, it's not here. I was like, okay, thanks. I'll use thanks this gift card that I just sort of stole and buy it online and you can suck it. So I go to find my wife, who's still hunting around the used area. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, honey, this is so lame. It says the book's here. They can't find it. Whatever. Let's get out of here. And I'm going to steal this gift card. And as we pass by the shelf. Like the shelf we are standing next to. In front to, of. There is the overstory. The, the brand one new copy. New the one copy, copy in the store. Under mystery author's last used. name O. Used. used. It's just sitting there. And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm secretly hoping it has a little sticker on it that I'm going to get it for $1, but okay, it's brand new. So we found this, uh, so I had to go pick up my book and I was like, I'm not taking part in mm. this scheme that's happening. I'm going to stay neutral party on this. I've already told you what I think that I would do, <laughs> which is different than the you direction you're going. You think I'm cursed now. So I think you're just a Scooby-Doo villain. Mm. So... I was just like, I'm going to go pick up my book and I'll see you back at the car because I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah, so I went up to the front desk and did my civic duty and I said... Bare minimum. I said, I have a weird question. Has anybody reported a lost gift card within the store? 
And they check out Gal, gave me a weird look, but was like, I don't think so. And she checked with all the other people at registers and they were all like, nope, have not heard anybody say, whoa, where did my gift card go? So I said, well, I guess I'll just call this my gift from Santa. And nobody laughed in the entire checkout area. This is why I didn't come with you to the checkout desk. And so I said, but to be honest, I actually don't know if this is active or not. So I made the poor girl scratch off all the pin codes and stuff and type it in. And lo and behold, it was, yes, active for $25. So in revenge, this cashier upcharges you for it the seems book. seems like it, yeah. She like... She charged you, like, she typed in the price on the inside cover of flat, the book. Yeah. So I ended up getting it for six bucks. Happy ending for everyone. Except for the poor child <laughs> who didn't get his fucking puzzle. Hmm. But it seemed like the universe was writing itself. It was creepy. It yeah, was very creepy. A sequence of extraordinary events. Because you're like, how can they not find this book? And we're like, turn around to walk. I was like, I'm just going to go book. check this other section. And it's like staring us in the face. Yeah. Like, this is like a book idea for me, maybe. It's creepy. Okay. Well, maybe it's like Tom Riddle's diary and it's going to possess you and haunt you. So there's some good news and great news because Benny finally got the book that he really wanted. Yeah. Through dubious moral means. Do you have any good news or bad news to share, honey? Uh, Nothing as epic as that. I have some quick good news and bad news as I can go through. Lightning round. Um, the, remember that thing I showed you like a month ago and I forgot to talk about the podcast, the, mm -mm. the Jean Co. Jeans photo shoot? Yes, that was hilarious. Was hilarious. And the, the caption was like, my mom told me how ugly these jeans were and I still insisted on them. So the deal was that she had to take a photo shoot of me in the jeans. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll try Your and find it to retweet. sells it. I wanted pipes as a kid. Yeah. Similar. Just straight, yeah. Similar. Yeah. Um, I know you have mixed feelings about Mary Poppins Returns, but I'm enjoying Mary it. Mary fucking Poppins, y'all. Just for all of the Lin-Manuel promo uh -huh. stuff like he has been in a lot of videos and on talk shows yeah. and um, I'm fine with that he's selling fine his body his face. Um, also there was this thing I saw on Twitter um, Amy Lynn Sattler holiday baking did you see that I is that all the that? person's name Amy Lynn Sattler holiday baking holiday <laughs> baking is not her <laughs> last name did you see the thing that I retweeted Chapanga. where she was like uh, she was baking. She's like, fuck, where's that fucking vanilla? And she's like up in the cabinet no, looking for the vanilla. One. And she's like up on a chair. And then she's mixing it. And she's like, how the fuck do I do that? And she, it just looks like me baking. Where do you find these tweets? You don't follow that many people. I follow a lot it's of people that retweet like, a lot. It's one of the weirdest parts about you. <laughs> that I don't follow a lot of people or that I... But you always have such such funny on-brand on tweets. So those are my good newses. Did you did you have any other good newses besides your um, Barnes & Noble I just kind of wanted to prod you on your, on your Darren Chris feeling about his declaration that he will not play a gay character ever again after Johnny. Johnny, he got his Emmy and now he's done with the gay characters. I think it's coming from a good place um, in terms of not wanting to take roles from other people because that is a serious problem. Like how many like straight cisgendered people have gotten like awards for playing transgender um, mm -hmm. characters and, uh, and yet trans actors can't find any work. It certainly has become a hot button issue. So I, I didn't actually watch it? the full speech. Mm. I, I'm thinking it has gotten, taken a little bit out of context. I don't think he woke up one morning and just tweeted out, I'll never play a gay character yeah. again. 
I think it was from like a speech that he gave that was trying to be supportive. Sure. And I think it's uh, trending in the right direction with a lot of Hollywood. Like people who have backed down once they realized that like a, a role was supposed to go to an actor of color or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed a little bit out of nowhere. So My I, two thoughts are, well, what happens when Ryan Murphy comes calling? Yeah, I don't know. My other thought is that like the onion needs to jump on this. Because I was thinking like maybe people could declare I'm never playing a serial killer again. Like only active serial killers should play serial killers. Yeah. Like only the legit people can play themselves. Do you want to hear? There's see some the holiday, room to play in there. baking thing. Um, I guess so. There's sound and shit. This is all about her finding vanilla. Large egg. That's not large, but whatever. A paddle. Is this a paddle? I have that, but I don't know where I put it. Oh, I can't reach it. Yeah, no, this is you. Tongs. Tongs are dirty. Already off to an incredible start. She's got a kitchen I couldn't find the paddle thing. Thank you prepared and you're not. How do you lock that in? Is baking supposed to be this terrifying? Butter is a great hand moisturizer. Ew. so much done. Cooking and moisturizing our hands. Oh, I love powder sugar so much. You can like taste it in the air. Oops, I just yeah, it does puff a lot. Oh, that was awesome. Mm. Oh. Oh. God. Oh my god, this is totally turning out the way it says it's supposed to. Uh, there you go, bitch. So much work. Oops, got some flour on the side. You don't talk to your KitchenAid that much. Uh. I don't sneeze that much, I hope, but... Um, bad news, real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, this is from a while ago, but Starbucks is partnering with Uber Eats for coffee delivery. It's like, people, come on. Go and get your fucking coffee. Go and get your coffee. My other bad news is the sneaky good news, because I was selling Louis C.K. like five years ago. Or like, definitely at the beginning of this podcast. Like selling him out? Like you're done with him? Like, never never started with him. Like, he's just not funny. Selling him sounds like you're promoting him. Oh, sorry. I meant, like, selling his stock. Got it. Yeah, sorry. Thank you for the, for the catch on that. Uh, you were you were done with him before you even started before with I him. Before I even started with never him. Never got in the Louis C.K. train. Yeah, you've heard his, his new leaked... The N-word leaked, thing? No, his news leaked thing. He did a whole set about uh, Marjorie Douglas High School. And why does he have to listen to kids t- talking to him? They're just fucking kids. Yikes. That's worse than the N-word thing. I thought you were talking about the N-word one. No. Did you see that one? Yes. And but no, this was a set about... Oh, Jesus. And some... I won't even repeat some of the lines. Please don't. Yeah. But saying like, who the fuck are these kids? I'm not going to listen to you. What the fuck have you done with your life, Louis C.K., besides make people's lives worse? Oof. Um, Will Smith as the genie. Well, it's one of my bad news. You're just, just you're just, you're just Twitter incarnate. Did you see it Like, though? what's your strong feeling? I don't like the photo of him. It needs to be, it needed to be cartoon with it just like a vibe. Will Smith, like, aura to it. Um, Japan's going to restart commercial up. whaling. Okay, that's not good. Bad news is. Yeah. Um, I don't know the whole of the story, but apparently Jason Moma, um, was dating Amber Heard, like Aquaman. Yeah. And when she wasn't paying enough attention to him, he would rip pages out of the book that she was reading. Wow. That seems like a rage issue. Don't take steroids. And my last one was, did you see the typical spending of a 25-year-old thing from no. CNBC? Avocados. 
let me pull this up if I can find it quickly enough because it was ludicrous. It was like... Wait, this is true or not? This was like a finding that they posted. It was a typical spending of a 25-year-old and it was like, this is why people can't save. Once upon a time, there was some this dumbass social network that was like, link us to your bank account and we'll post every time you spend something. And people like signed up for this shit and they were like, yeah, I'd love to post every transaction I made. All right. This is a budget breakdown of a 25-year-old who makes $100,000 a year. Okay. So Silicon Valley And type. is excellent with money. Rent. $825. A month? A month. A month. Okay. Donations. $615. To charities? <laughs> yes. Or to hookers? <laughs> Groceries. $400. Health yeah. insurance. $270. Dining out. $250. Utilities. $195. Transportation. Transportation, 130. Mm -hmm. uh, internet, 20. Cell phone, 40. And house cleaner, 30. And that's... How much does he have left over? Um, none, I guess. It doesn't add up. He clearly has a roommate if he's paying 800 for rent, but he pays 200 for utilities, and that doesn't include cable or internet? And he has a house cleaner? Hmm. Um, and he has a house cleaner? And there's no car insurance. There's no... Um, well, he's paying for a bus pass, $130. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then there's no credit card payments, student loan payments, car payments. Entertainment? I think that donation one is mislabeled. What was the... $115 of donations! What was the internet's reaction to this? Everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, this was from CNBC Make It. And it was about some sort of the budget article. But first of all, how many 25-year-olds do you know that are making $100,000 a month? A year, sorry. Yeah. And what, who the fuck's budget looks like this? The second highest after rent is donations to charity, $615 so they were posting a it, month. They were posting it as like, look at this guy who's doing it right. Yeah, and his typical monthly spending was 2775 Huh. I'm not going to bore... Bizarre. I'm not going to bore people with stock market talk, but business news sites are like the most bullshit of bullshit. Like I clicked on this one the other day that was like the keys for, you know, successful saving in 2019. And it said, fund an account that will make 12% uh, profit on your, on your savings. That's just saying like... The stock market lost money this year. That's physically impossible to find. That's just saying find $1,000 in the ground and you'll yes. get off to a great start. Find, find your gift cards within the store themselves. Stop. See, um, that was a callback. It was. Yeah. That's just being like, invest well. <laughs> just pick a good investment. Yeah. Okay. Pick perfect stocks every time. So yeah, that was just bullshit. Like, a lot of people were basically just saying this shows how far out of touch... Like, market analysts are with, like, a typical 25-year-old. Yeah. Of, like, they think that uh, an average 25-year-old mm. should spend $600 a month on donations, but has no loan payments whatsoever. Yeah. No car payments. Go check our no target bill. Payments, no target No credit bill. card payments. Nothing. Like, how many 25-year-olds don't have any student loans at this point? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, we're about 40 minutes in. Mm-hmm. We're going to add on a few things to this episode. Um, a I few quickies. So. Yeah. What do you want to do? We're going to talk about the movie. Okay. So. This is, we've decided, probably our favorite joint movie. Yeah. 
like together our favorite movie. I'm pretty sure that it was like one of the last movies I added to my Netflix scheme back when I would get DVDs and rip them to hard drives. Allegedly. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> because I... Did we watch it for the first time in Australia? It was one of those movies that I was always so. on our unwatched and we were just kind of like Apple yeah. TV list. And it's got like kind of a cute um cover of Rachel McAdams. Sure, but, but the title is like it came out in 2013, so yeah, that would line up. I don't think we watched it in 2014, and then we moved, and we watched it at some point. The movie we're talking about it's called About Time. About Time released in 2013. It's got like. A wonderful cast what of a British cast. actors. Your two favorite actors. One male, one Pretty female. Pretty much. Domhnall. Domhnall Gleeson. And Rachel. And Rachel McAdams. Those yeah. are like, like if you were bi, those would be your two Yeah. My two picks. Hollywood, what's it called when I get Part, to have sex with them? Uh, your like list? My what? hall pass? Or hall pass, sure. Something? We don't do that, but. Yeah. You could bring them. I wouldn't say no. Right. So maybe it should be like the Hollywood threesome list. Yeah, I like that. We just coined that. Okay. Hashtag. It's how do you how do I say Bill's last name? Nye. Bill Nye. But not Bill Nye the Science Bill Guy. Bill Nye. Bill Bill. But Bill, Bill Nye Bill. is is better than he is in Love Actually. This is his best. And he's film. really good in Love this Actually. This is his best film. Well, I, I have no idea. I'm sure he's an esteemed actor. Is he in Harry Potter? Every British actor's in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's Rufus Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour. I was joking. Scrimgeour. He is? He's in the last one. Good God. I don't know this Kit Kat actress. I think she's just a uh, no, but she's an artist, cute. but she's fantastic. The mom is fantastic. We'll talk about the characters in a minute. Uncle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to cry if you bring up Uncle Desmond. <laughs> So, yeah, this movie can make me, pretty much make me cry on demand, we, which not many things can. We've decided that this is going to be our annual New Year's movie because we're Hence the discussion right too now. old to attempt to um, go out and have fun. No, more importantly, all New Year's Eve shows, except for Anderson Cooper, apparently. So weird. Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Like, just like, sort of like spitballing. Like, there was clearly like no prep done at no. all. It was just like, let's tell the stories we've thought about this year. Yeah, like our year in review kind of but thing. But yeah, I pretty much refuse to watch the the whole Ryan Seacrest shit with the, we'll throw it to a different country with a different artist and blah, 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 blah. I just meant that like, in the past, we've had sporadic success at having a fun New Year's Eve out. The one time we tried to go to New York was terrible. Yeah. Last year's was fun. And the, yeah. the last two years. Last year's was fun because we didn't end up going to what we were supposed to go to. You're right. Yeah. And we ended up sitting in someone's house, which is what we can do today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to watch About Time every year. We'll start it at like 10, I guess. 10 p.m. But it's perfect because the first scene is a New Year's party. Exactly. So start the movie with a New Year's Eve party at this like kind of large house in London. Uh, not in London. They're in sorry in Cor uh, coastal coastal England, I would say Cromwell, or I don't know where it is, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um. So focus on Donald Gleeson. Our protagonist. Yeah. Main character. A little clumsy, a little Kinda geeky. Kind of like a dorky redhead. Yeah. Uh, he's at this New Year's Eve party. It's going terribly. And then he, his dad like pulls him aside the next day. Uh, at some point after, Or yeah. some point afterwards. And tells him. That there's spoiler a family alert. secret. Spoiler alert, no, I guess. No, it's not a spoiler it alert. It kind of is, though. I think you should go into this movie and like not know what it's about. So if you yeah. genuinely have not seen or heard of this movie... Go Stop listening. It. You already heard the year in review shit at the beginning of the podcast. Like, go That's watch what he this. Came for you. 
and come back. But so the family secret that he learns, Bill Nye tells him that all the men in in the family are time travelers or they have the ability to time travel at will. Correct. With certain stipulations. So one of my favorite things about the movie, as people will know from the podcast, I hate time travel stories. I hate... Mostly for the... the not I always say fallacy. That's not right. Um, when you get in a loop that doesn't work. Yeah. What's it called? I always forget this um, word. A uh, a um, um, paradox. Paradox. Um, and so this movie, you're, you, as I as we talked about a lot recently, you're like yeah. a logistical person. So if it doesn't make yeah. sense logistical, you get bogged down in that, and you can't Correct. focus on the story. And this movie, th- it's not about time travel, really at all. It's about time in general. Yes, about time. Um, and so this movie, in the span of like, you know, ten lines of dialogue from Bill Nye's character, the dad, uh, which I love that the characters just just called dad and mom. Like they don't have they names. Don't have names. No. I'm gonna cry again. Um, so he explains the rules in thirty seconds, and that's it. There are it comes into play later on a little bit, but anyways, so the rules goes- are. It's logical time travel. You can go uh, back in time. You certainly can't go forward in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back to where you've already been, but you can't like jump forward to past where you've already lived. Correct. We think. Um, and so you are able to change things in your own life, but he says right away you cannot go and kill Hitler. You can only be places that you've been. Correct. And there's no real butterfly effect, or so they say, uh, if you just make alterations to... How you lived your life that day. Yeah. So, Domhnall Gleeson's character, Tim, uh, obviously is very suspicious about this. The butterfly effect is like, that movie fucked me up. We know, honey. It we know. fucked me up. The puppy in the bag. Take us. I've never seen the movie. Loses, never seen the movie. They lose the arm with never the mailbox it. bomb. And the, the girl gets paralyzed. Man, that movie fucked me up. So... To test it out, Dom, uh, Tim goes back to the New Year's Eve party and fixes a few little things. Ends like up kissing a girl who, you know, has no real point in the movie, but he makes her happy for New Year's Eve. Basically, he goes back and fixes like the awkward shit he did wrong. Correct. Like instead of he doesn't like knock something over, and he like um, like kisses the girl. Yeah, that he, he just like, gets a upset. clean run, kind of. Yeah. Like yeah. all he, he like knows what the pitfalls are of the evening. Correct. Looking back on it and goes back and like fixes those. So, and nothing horrible happens. Correct. So he goes forward in his life. He's 21, I just checked, when he is informed about the family secret. Um, and so the rest of the movie is kind of his his life from that point on. And, like, his life is still not perfect. Like, they do a really mm. good job of, like, he still, like, goes to London and has this very awkward interaction and finds a job that's not great and, yeah. like, has trouble finding friends and, like, all of the normal stuff. And he yeah. doesn't seem to use his time travel thing very much until Rachel McAdams comes in the picture. Correct. Um, so they have an adorable meet cute in the dark that you don't actually get to see. Which is then immediately erased because he fucks up, goes back to try and be nice and help out one of his, his friends in London, friend, his yeah. family friend who had a rough uh, career night. And th- But he, when he goes back, he realizes that he no longer got her number because he messed up the timeline. Yeah. 
But that ends up being okay because it leads to another couple of meat cutes. Yes. The whole scene, there's this whole scene where he goes to an art show that he's hoping she's going to show up yes. to. Where he is really dumb and assumes that she's going to sort of recognize him. Well, he kind of just like sees her and forgets that, like he forgets his plans and what he's going to say and stuff. And yeah. just makes a fool of himself and comes off super creepy. Um. So right. So she just goes around well, and introduces- does have a name. It's Mary. Oh, of course. Because he always, that's a running joke that he keeps yeah. saying, oh, that's my mom's name. And like... In the official build cast, you're you're completely right. But in the credits, they are labeled as dad and mom, which so is still... And not mom. Mom. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, in that scene, Rachel McAdams keeps introducing him to other people as Tim, who we have absolutely no idea who he is, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Um, so, eventually, he wins her over... Uh, through a couple of different mechanisms. He has to go back in time again to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so they are adorable together. Yes. Their relationship blossoms. It's cute. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's like she literally doesn't want to get out of bed half the time. And she's American. They don't try to make her do a weird British accent. Thankfully. Um, and... Like, she just goes and sees his family. Mm -hmm. and she has great relationships with his family. The great the scene when the American family comes. Yes. Uh, they have sex oral with no oral. sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tim gets a little cheeky at some case, in some instances, when he's either having sex or talking about sex using the flash, using yeah. the time travel to his advantage. Yes. Um,. And then the movie like really Takes kicks, turn. well, kicks up to another gear oh, when they right. get engaged. They get engaged. The wedding scene is one of the best wedding scenes in any TV or yes. movie or motion picture of all time. And what makes it even better is that Tim, at the end of it, asks, "You know, would you rather we did it differently, picked a different day?" And she says, he's, "No." He's like ready to go back because there's all these like catastrophes that happen. And she's like, no, it was perfect. No, don't change a thing. Don't do it. She doesn't know about his gift, if you will. But yeah, um, which is probably like the only like anxious part of the movie, which is that he doesn't tell her about it. I would be so pissed. Yeah. If I if you did that, you had that and didn't tell me. But I also would not be able to handle you having that. Like it would make me so anxious, and I would constantly be like, I need would need to like call you to like restart the day and make something different happen. Right. Like it I would always be like. I don't think it would work to have a secondary actor in it because you would call me and you would say, is this the fixed version or is this the fucked up version? Yeah. And you would end up just yelling at me every day probably. Yeah. This is the fixed version? Try again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and you like, don't have any memories like, of it. Right. And then there's stuff that would be like outside of your control that I'd want you to change that would just like, you would just fuck it all up right. trying to change So it. he makes the right decision. Um, so they get married. They have children. Mm-hmm. It's a whole weird thing about the time travel with the kids that I won't spoil. Correct. Yeah, we'll leave that part out. Um, I guess at this point I'll mention that you get Margot Robbie, like right. in her pre, like post, uh, what was she on, Neighbors in Australia, post, I guess? Post uh, Australian soap opera, pre-American yes. cinema, for the most part. Yeah. And she is... A knockout. Hot, but like the villain, which is just yes. awesome for this one. She is like the... Uh, Tim wants her, rightfully sexy, so. Sexy, popular girl who just like toys people because she can because she's hot and she knows it. Um, and then it takes <sighs> a turn with the sister, Kit, my dear Kit, Kit Kat. Kat. 
Kit Kat is fantastic. She is just a beautiful little munchkin. Like who's between too good for this world, between her and Eric Matthews, I just want people in my life who like are just gonna fucking mix it up for the hell of it, and who just don't give a shit. Yeah, like they're just gonna tackle people instead of just hugging them naturally. Yeah. Um. So we get serious emotional depth with Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. You think you're out of the woods with Kit Kat eventually after some aborted time travel uh, attempts shenanigans. and shenanigans. Yeah. And then they've kind of finally realized, oh, time travel can't fix this. That is a pivotal moment. Um, and then the stuff happens with the dad, which is where the tears come out. Whew. So uh, we haven't mentioned Uncle Desmond now. So Uncle Desmond is Mum's brother. Who's like a little bit delayed developmentally or... Yeah. But he is the finest dresser in like all of consistently the... Consistently in three-piece suits. Yeah. Day in, day out. a pocket watch and a pocket square and just so this, living his best life every day. Right. But this family is fantastic. They live in this coastal estate. Like it's kind of a rundown house. I was going to say, it's kind of like falling down. Like it used to be a mansion like a yeah. hundred years ago. But they have many beach access and they hang it. They have tea at the beach every day. Mm-hmm. They watch a movie outside every week, mm-hmm. rain or shine. And they play croquet. They have a tennis set up. And they just don't. Like, they're not bothered by stuff. If it starts to rain, they just put an umbrella up and keep watching Correct. their movie. Like, they don't let things ruin their day. And I don't they know have, how much of that what is... What was the name of our song again? Ir- huh? uh, Unlimited. What was the name of uh, our... Name? Um, Relentless Optimism. Yes. Relentless Positivity. Yeah. Um, relentless, just like tolerance. Yeah. Like they're, they're not, they're not like everything's great, but they're just like, oh, well, keep going on. Yep. This is what, this is what we do. Just keep swimming. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of that is from the family's time travel thing and that they can go back and fix things. So they, or that the dad has kind of given them a pretty good life. Yeah. But also that like, they've kind of had this family philosophy that gets passed down to just like live, uh, live every day. Like you've done it twice. Oh, there's a ping pong. A whole line thread with your dad, with the dad. Um, probably the only thing that I think you don't like about the movie or would not like about the movie is that the dad loves Dickens. I think it's probably the only negative working against it. But it works with his character. And he is a voracious reader. He's used his time travel ability to like read every book in the world. That's That's what what he tells his son. Yeah. That's what I would do every single time that like... And he's British, so he has to love Dickens. That's excusable. And every single time that, like, that's like, like you have to love Gatsby. Yeah. Like, I can just imagine sure. all these times where I haven't finished a book and I'm out of time that I could just go back and just mm-hmm. finish the book and then start a new one. So, we were talking about the family. So, yes, Uncle Desmond, I just love that, like, he lives in that house with that family, like, and the dad's just, like, he's just part of the family. Yeah. And then he says the best day of his life was when his dad said that he loved him. Oh, that's the part that makes me cry. Because on Tim's wedding day, there's a whole best man situation, which, which is, is amazing. So funny. And it ends up being that the best, best man is his, dad. is his dad. And he talks about how great his son is, but he talks about the other men he's loved in the world. And he talks about his Uncle dad, Desmond. Uncle Desmond. Yeah, his no, son. he doesn't love his dad. He loves some recording artist. Right, the <laughs> Il, Il Mundo guy. Il yeah. Mundo. Il Mundo, Uncle Desmond, yeah. and his son, Don Mugleson. Yeah. And then he goes back. That was an interesting moment, too, because then you get the dad as the time traveler when the son doesn't remember it. Yeah. Because he's like, Dad, don't go back and change it. And he's like, I have to. And he goes yeah. back and changes right. it. Right, he does his speech twice. Um, 
anyway, so then you get some, the movie kind of takes a sadder turn from there, mm-hmm. I, and I won't spoil that, but the part that gets me is that last ping pong game. Oh, and then a last walk on the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That part is what, like, just pouring tears every yeah. time. And part of it, I can mention here, great soundtrack. Yes. And great score. The score is very repetitive, I noticed. You've never noticed a score in your whole life. Yeah, except for the lack of there one being in a quiet place. Oh, no, there was one in the quiet place. That's why it bugged me. Yeah, I forgot. Um, So the score is very repetitive, I noticed, because I watched this movie twice within a couple months, but I would watch this movie every month, hands down, I think. I think I need to for my mental health. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that's like, just walk your dog and get some sunshine and you'll be cured. Yeah. Um... But, I don't know what accent that was, but, <laughs> but uh, I, I really think that this movie could help me, like, stress a little bit less about things, like, especially over the holidays, because we watched it, like, right before Christmas. Yeah. I think it should be, like, a Christmas time movie, even though cleanse. there's not really a Christmas scene, because the, the end of the movie, I don't think it's spoiling much to tell you this, the end of the movie is that Don Gleason Comes up with gets, a strategy. No. Which his part? dad passes on the strategy, this yeah. wisdom that the best way to use it instead of trying to like fix every tiny little awkward thing that you do and fixating on that. Can I just make a quick correction? So the dad's advice is to live the day as you would, then go back and fix it. Domnell's version of it. Let me finish. Sorry. Go ahead. He, right. He makes an improvement to it. Yeah. So the dad's, idea is that every day you go back and live it twice. Once you live it how you normally would, stressing if you're going to get to work on time and what you're going to have for lunch and whatever, and then you live it, you don't worry about little minor things during the day. You actually live the whole day over again. That's what Mm. I was trying to say. You live the whole day over again. And appreciate the little things. And appreciate the little things. And you know that at the end of the day, it's going to turn out Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And then... Dom Nong Gleason takes it a step further where he then like absorbs that mentality so much that he just lives every day once, but he lives it as if it's his second time. So he doesn't have to stress about it. Guns. And that's what like, you're, you're like, you're glistening. You're yeah. glistening right now. That's like what, I just love that takeaway mm-hmm. of like, it's like, it's like how a lot of times stressing about it doesn't help you. Yep. Like it, it, it doesn't make the day better to worry about the day. Mm-hmm. And I know that obviously that's not, that's easier said than done, but I just love that mentality. No, yeah, I wrote like, I wrote down a mantra related to it the first time I saw the movie, which is just this is take two, which is just you're gonna get to your bed at the end of the day, just let the movie kind of unfold in front of you. Yeah, and just know that you've been here before; it gets resolved in the end. And yeah, just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I just feel like my takeaway from it is just like. Enjoy the little things. Mm-hmm. And like, I forget the phrase, but it's basically like worrying about it just makes you suffer twice. Mm. Like even if it's something that you don't want to do or that you know might be terrible, if you spend all day worrying about it and then you have that thing that you were dreading, it just... Right. If it's bad, that's double. Time. If it's good, then you wasted a lot of worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, easier said than done. And obviously that's not something that I don't think I can that easily do in my life. But like... I'm going to try. I just love the, the And they use Ben Folds The Luckiest, which like... Should be the most overdone song be- yeah. uh, between like 2000 and 2018. Yeah. Or the early to mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. But it makes me cry. Mm-hmm. Like it's the only acceptable use of The Luckiest. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Like I wish it had been written for this movie and nobody else was allowed to use it. Yeah. 
And the other one, the montage, how long will I love you? That's such a good one. As long as the stars shine on me. Above you? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Longer if I can. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Great. So if you have not seen this movie and you're still here somehow listening, do yourself a fucking favor. Start off the new year right. Watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And if you don't you love it... You get to see Rachel McAdams in scandalous clothes. You get to see... Boobs. Pretty much boobs, yeah. She takes her top off of that one. Uh, her hands are covering oh, up the yeah. itty bitties. You can see someone else's boobs, don't you? Uh, no, it's like PG, it's PG-13. Oh. Watch it with your family. Yeah, but you get some, you get bored. Margot Robbie in a swimsuit, too. Just watch it. Start your year off right. Yeah. Even if you don't love it as much as it has touched us, like... You won't hate it. I don't think you could hate it. Unless you're like a sci-fi geek and you're like, this is bullshit. But you'd have to be a curmudgeon for that. Screw you. So, watch the movie. We're going to leave you with that uh, advice going into 2019. And I think we'll just get into our upcomings. I I was thinking the same thing. We were going to talk about a book that neither of us particularly liked. I think we're going to save that to pair with the other one we talked about. Because then it works. The movie you mentioned earlier. You want to. Okay. We pair this one with... Yep, that's perfect. Author and author? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Because I don't really want to go reread the book again. Oh, please no. No. Oh, the other book. Yeah. Can you cut this part out? (laughs) Um, Okay, upcoming stuff. So I already talked about Aurora Rising. Yeah, you still can't say it. Can't say Aurora. Um, Can I tell you the one I'm pretty much most excited about? Don't peek. Um... Who's going to get star in the next 21 Jump Street movie? Um, I, I don't know. Is this a quiz? I don't... You're going to... I'm trying to think what you're actually... You're, is it going to be like... I can't really talk anymore. Um, okay. Tiffany Haddish. Okay. And Aquafina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah. It reminds me that like... We've watched 22 Jump Street a lot, mostly the one scene. It was on again. Yeah. But it wasn't the end good scene. No. It was um kind of near the beginning, like when they break into You're the... You're trying to kiss me! <laughs> Old Man River. You're making kissy faces. But it reminded me that at the end of that movie, they have all the sequel trailers. Yes. But this is not one, but we'll see what happens. Real quick, my other one, not good news. Keenan and Kel are talking about doing a Good Burger sequel. Mm, When's the last time you saw a Good Burger? Probably the correct time. Have you seen the full movie? Yes, for sure. Name something about it. The Evil Corporation. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, right? Mega Mega Burger. There's like a van, and then there's like some gloop stuff that they like pour into it or something. Yeah, the uh, the steroid stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay, you've seen it. Yeah, I have seen it. I really, so, really have. I've, I know Jimmy Fallon. I think you and I watched it together, like, in college. Probably. So, yeah. And Jimmy Fallon, that was great that he did that. Uh, he brought Kel back. And Keenan is obviously now become a... He's little, Keenan is the longest running SNL cast member of all time. Yeah. Which made is his weird. Whole, he's, like, made his whole living there. Yeah. He does it well. Yep. So, yeah. Don't make that movie, but... Sure. Okay. Um, to all the boys I've loved before. Yep, I watched the, you watch some of it. Yeah, there's gonna they officially announced that the sequel is gonna be made into a movie straight to Netflix. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna watch these movies and not read the books of them. Gosh, what a rebel! I know. I still think I might read the Crazy Rich Asians books, mm, but okay. 
To All the Boys I've Loved Before seems like some of the young adult books that I'm a little bit over. Mm-hmm. Like they're slightly too juvenile for me, where it's like, it's my first crush on a boy. Yeah. Like, I'm a little bit too old for some of that now. You're married. But I enjoyed the movie, so I think I'll okay. just save it for the second movie. Um, Next! I there's this webcomic that I kind of forgot about that I went back and reread recently and it's really cute mm-hmm. and it's going to be like a graphic novel that I can buy and have on my shelf. Cool. It's called Heartstopper. Okay. By Alice on your birthday Osman. Um, I don't actually know when it's coming out, so I don't know, but yeah, maybe. Um, Trespasser, which was written by Justin Nayart, Mia's husband. Yeah. Um, connected to the show. Sure. Uh, has heard of the show. Yeah. Um, his is... uh, thing got optioned. Wow. His comic series got optioned. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so we know someone. Okay. We've met him. Were you there that time? Nope. Oh, I've met him. Yay! At um, Grendel's Den in Harvard Square. Shout out. Um, bad news upcoming. Mm-hmm. More Outlander books in 2019. Wow, she's still alive. To, like the nine that are out. She's uh-huh. like not that old either. So that's my bad news for 2019. Okay. That was so much fun. The year or this podcast? Mostly, I enjoyed the podcast more than the year. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ew, did we just kiss on live we TV? Did. I mean like syndicated podcast. Um, um, okay. So. What's our podcast resolution for 2019? Um... We got our new I'm, song. I'm going to potentially take it from uh, one of my personal reading resolutions. I think we need to do a nonfiction book. What? I think we need to do a nonfiction book. Okay. I think I want us to keep making sure we do like diverse reads mm-hmm. as best as we can. Uh, no, here's our, here's our actual resolution. Mm. We Bennett got, picks we all the books. got to watch a new TV show. That's true. We're gonna <laughs> we watch. We're gonna watch Killing Eve. Okay. And you will get a podcast by the end of February on Killing Eve. End Deal? of February. I don't know how many episodes it is. March, maybe first quarter. Oh, you're saying that's too short? I was gonna say it's too long. It's too short first quarter. Okay. First quarter of the year. Killing Eve coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to watch some real TV and not just Boy Meets World and Parks and Rec. Okay. That's your favorite shows. But... Topanga. Underpants. Okay. Maybe I should end it with that poem from Boy Meets World. About Holden Caulfield? No, the other one. About love? Mm-hmm. You think you're going to be able to Google Sean Hunter poetry and it's going to be I there? already have it. What? Which one do you want me to read? Do you want to read the whole... You should read the Can Holden Caulfield Can I do it in run? my, in my Lin-Manuel voice? Sure. You read the Holden Caulfield run and I'll read the um, other one. Is this going to be our outro? Day. We're going to read a poem at the end of every Fuck episode. no, but this one. This is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, this isn't Yes, it, it is. Yeah, you're right. An unpublished manuscript by J.D. Salinger. Of J.D. Salinger. Of J.D. Salinger by Ryder Strong. Was it actually by Ryder Strong? Mm, that would be awesome. He's like a writer. He does a, a literary podcast. Shh. You gotta do the bongos on this. It is possible to assassinate my heroes. With the scope of my individualism. However, by their own persistence to themselves, I believe that they have chosen me to pursue a self. What is literature but the illumination of that which I would write?
Salinger speaks through me, to me, whispers. Where to, little boy? My answer is the dogged pen to page, which lights consistently the pathway home. It is on that road that I alone can trip my way back to myself. That sounded like you were doing like, give me liberty or give yeah. me death. Yeah. So the other one, it also says by Ryder Strong. Yeah. The other one's called Top of the World. This is the one that like hinges the whole climax of this episode. Um, no, this is an emotional one. Okay. You want to do the bongos? I just did. That okay. was your intro. You don't know it, but sometimes I go to a hill that overlooks the landscape's mask of city lights for a sip of momentary grace. On this brink of everything I know, I can gain an eyeful of the lost Atlantis in the human soul and a breath that fills my lungs with the air between two stars. If you were now to capture the image of this elation in the framework of your mind or find transcendence through these words, then at most you would know nothing of the beauty your existence throws to me. For mine is a love no experience, no measure, no words could ever degrade into reality by virtue of degree. You read that better than Ben Savage. I don't think that's much of a bar to <laughs> aspire to, but uh, we'll end this with some drunk poetry. Yep. And go watch About Time. Yep. And here's to... Oh, clink. A great start to the new year. Happy Bye. 2019.